Hi friends, this is Justin from Why Catholic. I really appreciate everyone who has donated to keep this podcast going. And so I thought, wouldn't it be great if people could support this podcast, but also get something in return? So I created a Why Catholic merch shop. You can find it on Etsy. Just search for Why Catholic. And I've also linked to it in the show notes. These designs are 100% original. I wanted to make something that shares our faith, but also looks trendy. You can find t-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, and more. And I'm constantly adding to the store as well. Stay tuned to the end of the podcast to hear how you can get a special discount. Thanks so much for supporting Why Catholic. Once a year, my wife and I sit down with our financial advisor named Brian. Brian is a lovely guy, and in this meeting, he pulls out his notes and graphs and charts and tells us if we're on track for retirement. How much money will we have? When can we retire? What do we need to do to better our position? All of those questions are addressed with Brian and this predictive computer program that handles factors such as age, health, debt, inflation, etc. Every paycheck I receive, there's a portion that is set aside for the future, both in private retirement as well as social security. That means that I'm trading a lifestyle that I could have now for one that I can have in the future. Saving for the future isn't just a financial principle, but also a Christian one. Hi, this is Justin Hibbert, and you're listening to Why Catholic, my podcast about the what and why of Catholicism. We are in a series about the Catholic understanding of salvation that began with episode 43. We've talked about how the sacraments are conduits of God's grace to our souls and how salvation is a process rather than an event. Today, I want to talk about the purpose of the process of salvation. Have you ever wondered why there are sometimes cemeteries next to old churches? It used to be very common. If you've ever visited an old European church, you know that some people are actually buried inside the church. Churches and cemeteries went hand in hand. If you found a church, you likely found a cemetery. Now, that's rarely the case these days. We don't like to think, talk about, or be around death. But for the vast majority of Christianity, there was an understanding that preparing for death was an important part of life. And what better reminder than to have a cemetery right next to the church? In fact, the early church used to meet in catacombs, partly because they had to meet in secret and partly because they believed so strongly in the communion of saints. The grave was the entry point to heaven. Death wasn't the end, but rather the portal to eternal rest, eternal life, and eternal communion with Jesus. On Ash Wednesday, we receive ashes on our forehead, and the priest says, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Great! Thanks, Father, for that uplifting word of encouragement. Like my friend and financial advisor, Brian, the priest is there to remind us to live our life preparing for the next. Death comes for us all. Are we preparing for death? But more than that, are we preparing for heaven? The purpose of salvation, after all, is to enter into heaven. In the last episode, I talked about how salvation is a process whereby we are constantly being saved. Let me add this little side note. Way back in episode two, entitled The Language of Catholicism, I mentioned that oftentimes the divide between Protestants and Catholics isn't so much theological as much as it is linguistic. Words get lost in translation. This is the case with the term salvation. Protestants tend to limit the word salvation to mean one's initial justification, whereas Catholics use the term more broadly to incorporate justification, regeneration, sanctification, remission of sins, forgiveness, grace, etc. Those specific terms fall under the umbrella of salvation. The end or destination of that process and journey of salvation is called heaven. The Catechism of the Catholic Church in paragraphs 1024 and 1025 describes heaven this way, quote, 
This perfect life with the Most Holy Trinity, this communion of life and love with the Trinity, with the Virgin Mary, the angels, and all the blessed, is called heaven. Heaven is the ultimate end and fulfillment of the deepest human longings, the state of supreme definitive happiness. To live in heaven is to be with Christ. The elect live in Christ, but they retain or rather find their true identity, their own name. For life is to be with Christ. Where Christ is, there is life, there is the kingdom. End quote. The Catholic Church says that our purpose in life is to become saints. Saints are ultimately those who enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, saints can also refer to Christians on earth, and the term saint is appropriate because saint means holy, and saints ultimately are those that enter heaven. We start our sainthood now, and we find it completed in heaven. The Catholic French novelist Leon Bloy put it this way, quote, The only real sadness, the only real failure, the only great tragedy in life is not to become a saint, end quote. Not only are we to become saints, but we are to help others in that process as well. For example, the Catholic Church teaches us that the purpose of marriage and child rearing is to help our spouse and our children get to heaven. This is one of the reasons why marriage is a sacrament. Our purpose is to be a conduit of God's grace to our spouse and kids. Jesus told his apostles to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything he commanded. To make disciples of Jesus is to help people get to heaven. But I want to take it one step further today and ask a deeper question. What kind of saint do you want to become? Most people understand that what we do in this life has a bearing on whether or not we enter heaven. But have you considered that what we do in this life has a bearing on the glorified person we become in heaven? Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15. Quote, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, each man's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work which any man has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire, end quote. We'll talk more about this passage in the next episode when we talk about purgatory. But do you notice what it says? Before we get to heaven, we will have all our works thrown into fire. The ones that burn off get forgotten, and the ones that survive become our reward and our legacy. Revelation 14, 13 through 14 tells us, quote, Blessed are the dead who from now on die in the Lord. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labors, for their deeds will follow them, end quote. Our deeds will follow us into heaven. Going back to that financial planning analogy, as we're retiring, our good investments and our bad investments, our good financial habits and our bad ones become clear. When we move into our retirement home and settle into our retirement lifestyle, there are some things we'll keep and others we'll throw away. Some things we thought were important will suddenly become unimportant. Some things we thought we needed only financially weighed us down and kept us from our goal. My financial advisor, Brian, doesn't just care about getting me to retirement. He cares about helping me meet my retirement goals. One of the first questions he asks is, what do you want your retirement to look like? My answer really affects the financial decisions I make now. So it is with heaven. A lot of times we think of heaven as this far-off distant place where we go when we die and enter into eternal life. 
And there's some truth to that, of course. But I think that heaven and eternal life are much more connected to this life than we realize. In John 17, 3, Jesus says, quote, This is eternal life, that they know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent, end quote. In other words, eternal life doesn't begin when we die, but it begins with our life in Jesus now. Jesus said to know him is to have eternal life. If we go back to that analogy of financial planning, there is certainly a definitive point when we retire. However, retirement is much more fluid than one day we're not retired, next day we are retired. Usually retirement is this gradual process where we start realizing the fruits of our savings. Maybe it's moving to a different house, starting a new hobby, adjusting our spending, finally quitting our career. I might say that what I'm doing now is moving me towards retirement. I am making decisions now that will affect what I do later. Jesus likens our spiritual life to financial planning. In Matthew 16, he says, quote, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also, end quote. What does it mean to lay up treasures in heaven? It means to plan for retirement, prepare for your death, live for heaven. It means to do things today that will not get burned up when tested by fire, but rather do things that will earn a reward in heaven, but also become the person today you want to become in heaven, because in heaven, we will become the glorified version of ourselves. We will realize who it is that God intended us to be in the most fullest sense. When we enter the Christian community through baptism and confirmation, the Holy Spirit begins working in us and equipping us. Ephesians 2.10 says, quote, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, end quote. He's got this grand plan for us, not just here on earth, but also in heaven. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that God gives us spiritual gifts for the common good. It says, quote, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are inspired by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. End quote. What if those gifts aren't just for us to use on earth, but also for us to use in heaven? What if God gives us these gifts now with our imperfect nature so we can begin exercising them and be ready to use them even fuller when we get to heaven and have an incorruptible nature? Before St. Dominic died, he told his followers, quote, Do not weep, my children. I shall be more useful to you where I am going than I have ever been in this life, end quote. Oh, I love that quote. I love that perspective. St. Paul had a similar perspective. Listen to what he says in Philippians 1, quote, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I shall not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If it is to be life in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account, end quote. 
St. Paul saw his entire life wrapped in the person of Christ, to live as Christ, but he also saw that the best was yet to come. To die is gain. When we die, we enter the reality of heaven. I think there's going to be some oh shoot moments for some, kind of like retirement. There's going to be the people that realize they didn't plan very well. When Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer, he included the line, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus invites us to bring heaven to earth. I think a lot of people think of that as creating some sort of Christian utopia by controlling some of the societal decisions through political means. Rather, I think Jesus is inviting us to become what we will be in heaven, understanding that there is much more ahead. As Paul put it, to live is Christ, to die is gain. In Philippians 3, Paul writes, quote, For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as refuse, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own based on law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that if possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brethren, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, end quote. Paul lived with this attitude that the goal of heaven wasn't some distant reality, but was here and now. He said that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not tomorrow when he dies, but even now, right at this moment. Those that truly desire to become saints don't take a long journey when they enter heaven. They merely shift their body weight and they are there. They live their life with one foot on earth and the other in heaven. I think there are many who think of saints and they say, oh, that's for those people who take religious vows or those really holy people. No, heaven should be the destination for all of us. Thus, all of us are called to be saints. It is not a distant pipe dream, but our calling in life meant for us to realize today. Pope Francis said, quote, saints are not superheroes who are born perfect, but rather they are ordinary people who follow God with all their heart, end quote. To become a saint, we have to follow God, not just with half our heart, but with all of it. As St. Teresa of Lisieux said, quote, you cannot be half a saint. You must be a whole saint or no saint at all, end quote. If that seems unattainable or impossible, take heart. Salvation, as we talked about in the previous episode, is a process. And the sacraments entrusted to the church are there for our salvation, for our sainthood. We enter into salvation through baptism. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit in confirmation. When we need Jesus, he is there in the Eucharist. When we sin, we can be reconciled to God through confession. When we are sick, we have the anointing of the sick available to us. In marriage, our spouse is there to help us become a saint. Our priests and bishops are there to encourage us in our walk towards sainthood. It is a process one day at a time. The purpose of the sacraments is salvation. And the purpose of salvation is to usher us into heaven, to enable us to become saints. Every day is a day for salvation. John R. Wood put it this way, quote, all great things are accomplished little by little. This mission of sainthood is accomplished one habit at a time. Thank you for joining me for Why Catholic. Be sure to subscribe to Why Catholic wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also subscribe to my Substack site and get the next episode in your email inbox. 
As a subscriber, you get a special discount code to the Y Catholic Etsy store. If you've been blessed by this podcast and you're feeling generous, there's also a way to financially support it, and patrons get some extra perks. To become a free subscriber or a patron, just go to whycatholic.substack.com slash subscribe. Also join me on Instagram at whycatholicpodcast, all one word. Thanks again for listening. My name is Justin Hibbard, and this is Why Catholic. God bless you.